lace up your boots and get ready for TM5 United, your one-stop shop for all the news about our five stripes. Here's your hosts, Abner Castellanos and David Donis. Welcome in all you beautiful people. We are TM5 United. I am David Donis and as always joined by the lovely Abner Castellanos. How you doing, my friend? Let's go, baby. Back on the W column. So, you know, I'm happy for the week leading to Saturday. The week is always better with the win, isn't it? It sure is, man. You wake up Monday thinking the Monday blues ain't going to hit you anymore. <laughs> yeah, when uh, we're going to get into the match recap, preview the upcoming uh, game, and maybe some news and notes from around the world. But first, Abner, um, how was your weekend? I know you were at the game. How was that? Oh, man, it was great, man. We actually uh, got some seats uh, in the 200 level, so right behind uh, where we actually scored. Um, took the kids, and uh, Bryce was there with his family as well. So it was fun, man. Atmosphere was great. Great atmosphere, you know, great weather towards the end. So it was good. It was fun, man. What about you? What you do? Where'd you watch it at? Awesome. I love the 200 seats the best because uh, you, you can actually sit down. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what uh, Bryce like, Dave. It's going to be weird sitting down watching a match. I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Dude, I'm get, we're getting up there in age where it'd be nice to sit down every now and then, you know? <laughs> and you guys had you guys had kids too, so it's probably better to sit in the 200s there so they could see. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I had a great weekend too. Um, I caught the game um, with my family at, at my sister's place, so um, it, was, it, was a, it was good to watch the game. Uh, frustrating at times. Uh, but, you know, it, it is what it is. We got the win. It's, that's all that matters. Um, but let's get into this, Admiral. So, Atlanta United, we win 1-0 against the New York Red Bulls. The first regular season win ever against the Red Bulls. Remember, we beat them in the playoffs that, the year we won um, MLS Cup. So, uh, that's a big monkey off our back. So, we finally beat the Red Bulls. Um, and we could see why we've struggled so hard with the Rebels because... Anytime we play a team that puts us under pressure and really does the press, um, it, it really affects us because we always play out the back. Um, did, you, did you take the same thing watching the game, Abner? Yeah, man. And uh, something that uh, Coach Pineda has said is he wanted uh, you know, to continue to play out of the back. I know me and you were definitely talking about um, how we wanted some long balls, you know, just to kind of release that pressure. Like sometimes you just got to do it, but... He was really, you know, and <laughs> there was a couple of times where we gave the ball away in bad areas. And luckily for us, Purata did save us a good bid. So did Miles Robinson. So um, it was frustrating, you know, because, you know, we definitely want to be play our style. But at the same time, you know, kind of had to, you know, put it away and just, you know, reset and, you know, get back into your defensive uh, formation and just wait to see what happens, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty frustrating because, you know, I get it. When you first start the game, you know, you want to stick to your philosophy. You want to play out the back, um, you, you know, because you create when you play out at the back and you, you get through that initial pressure, it creates space and chances. But you could just see, uh, I think, from minute one to probably not until like minute 60. I mean, I know we scored, but still up until minute 60, like we were really struggling. Like we kept giving the ball. And we couldn't string three passes together. So, you know, sometimes like, hey, look, let's give them a ball let them have it and put them under pressure and just that'll at least just give us some relief and then we can try to play out the back later once we get our feet set um i think there are games where you play beautiful soccer you you look like amazing but you look like you're playing amazing but then you either you know you draw or you lose there are the games where you don't play so well but for some reason the you know the, the soccer guys just were looking at you favorably 
and you win the game. And I think this is one of those games because if it wasn't for, uh, you know, the keeper error, um, I think this game probably would have stayed tied. What do you think? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, man, I think uh, just like you said, it's just, um, you know, this passes, you know, it's definitely early. They they pressed on. Uh, it's <laughs> I, I, I don't mind Guzan getting the ball, but inside the six yard I'm not a big fan, you know. Let's 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 move it out of there. Yeah. Um, and the, the formation that they came out. I mean, we both know Red Bulls are always a pressing team. That's just their style. Um, so we knew it was going to be a difficult match. Um, play, uh, like Coach Spinata said, he just wanted to um, definitely continue to play how we play, and it paid off. I mean, uh, the ball, you know, starting from Miles Robinson going to uh, Etienne, Etienne to Amada, Amada shoots, and then. G, you know, off the rebound. I think that goal, early goal, is is key, man. I, I think that was vital. It helped us, you know, settle down, and then, you know, New York definitely had to change just a little bit of what they were doing to try and get the equalizer, right? Yeah, we always talk about it on every podcast. The first goal is always uh, very important for Atlanta United success. But do you think if that, if if the keeper doesn't, because the keeper, uh, you know, Amala rips the shot. It was a good shot, but. Not an amazing one. It looks like the keeper tried to catch it instead of trying to parry it out. So the ball rebounds right to Gigi. Gigi, right place, right time. Puts it away in the seventh minute. Um, but if it wasn't for that, I mean, do you think we get the win or do you think it ends in a draw? Or honestly, worse, a man, loss? <laughs> honestly, man, it was either a draw or a loss, I think. Uh, and really, um, you know, we had a couple chances, but nothing too... You know, I was surprised because it looked like the keeper was in good position. I thought he was going to just like he hesitated because like it looks like he was going to push it away and then he changed his hands at the last minute and it caused that rebound to happen right in front you know so um unlucky you know mistake lucky for us because you know we get the three points and the win uh but yeah i I don't i don't i think definitely if that doesn't happen i definitely think it's a different game you know yeah i think so too and a lot of those chances um because you know Gigi had a good chance that he should have put away uh, when Rosetto came into the game, he had a chance to score again, too. Those all came after, like, the 70, 75th minute. At that point, uh, Red Bulls are down 1-0. So they're going to push more because they need to get the goal, right? So you're gonna, it's going to create opportunities. So if the goal, if the game is tied 0-0 uh, going up into that minute, I mean, your Red Bulls are not going to push as much. You probably don't have those chances that were created. Exactly, man. It's, and there was another one where Etienne had a good through ball. Um, I don't oh, yeah. know, man. He didn't. He didn't want to shoot it with his left foot. I'm not sure. Um, even like uh, my son's like, Dad, he, he's got to try with his left foot, right? I was, yeah. like, I was like, Yeah, you do. At least, I mean, I don't care if it goes wide. I don't go. I don't care if it goes up to where I'm at in the 200 level and I catch the ball. At least try it, man. It was like he he faked it like three, four times before he even tried to do anything. What he did, it was already too late, you know. Yeah, at least toe poke it. I mean, it, as long as the ball, as long as the ball goes to the keeper, like that direction, it's on goal, on frame. You have a chance of the ball going in or deflecting. You have, you know, as long as you do that. But if you don't do anything and you do it, he kind of did where like the ball kind of got trapped in his feet. But then you got a setting, and then he decided to, you know, the ball dribbled out. And he tried to, you know, cross it, but it was already over the line. Um, you know, just just have one, man. You're by yourself. You got in a good spot. And you, I mean, when he got the ball, he had a good at least three yards on the defender. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, but speaking of it, Etienne, you know, how, how, I, I know he's, he he kind of, or, or you know, not orchestrated, but helped in that, uh, the, the buildup for the first goal. 
Um, how do you think he played instead of um, instead for Gutman, who was uh, injured with uh, what is it, abductor? I think um, in that left back role. They had Caleb Wiley at the left back, um, and at the end up top. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. But you're right. Yeah. My bad. Switch um, him. Yeah, switch him. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't mind Caleb, but it, you could just feel like he was he was more concentrated on the defensive part, uh, especially with the press uh, that they were getting. Uh, so we unfortunately didn't get to see him push up a lot. Um, so I think that definitely held him back. Um, I think it also held Etienne back, not having someone overlapping, someone creating a run to distract or pull one of the defenders away so that he can actually have that one-on-one. Um, I mean, I think he did okay. I think I, I definitely not one of his best games. Um, but I definitely think it held, you know, Caleb Wiley. I mean, I think he's going to be there again. You know, depending on how Gutman is, um, so we'll go from there and then see. But I don't—I mean, I think he had an okay game. I don't—I don't think he had a great game. But I don't think he was his worst one either. You know, it's yeah, the first I game he o- started I, too. Right. I think okay sums up a lot of uh, players on the night. Um, but yeah, I agree. I don't really like Etienne and Caleb both playing together on the same side because I feel both of them play very similar. Um, and I think, you know, this coming up, and we'll talk about the match preview, but uh, I think we'll probably have Luis Abram play uh, probably left back and probably push up Caleb to uh, left wing where he's more comfortable. Um, he didn't play. He wasn't in the lineup or in the 18 this past weekend because he had some visa issues. So that's probably why we had to go with that formation or maybe maybe Pineda just wanted to play that way. Um, but who else didn't have that good of a game? The Golden Child. Thiago Almada. Probably the worst game we've seen to play so far for Land United, right? Yeah, the worst, but still critical, right? <laughs> yeah, his, uh, worst, <laughs> his worst is most people's, like, pretty good. <laughs> uh, his worst is probably my best game ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, I, he, I mean, uh, his, some of those long passes that he likes to do, you know, they weren't connecting. Um, you know, he lost a couple of dribbles, but because of his dribbling, you know, aspect that he's bringing to the game he was able to get us out of pressure a lot of times uh get us out of trouble uh, so i think in that essence you know you got to look at the other things right i mean of course every time we expect him with the ball we expect an assist or go right off the bat um so i know you know you know when you just see it you, know, you don't see the other things that he brought to the table but yeah i think like you said is the most i guess human uh game that we've seen from uh from our uh our best player um and the mls best player at the moment uh, definitely didn't look uh, a model like, but still, I mean, somehow he still contrib- contributed to the goal, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, like you mentioned, he still is human, but, you know, there are times where he dribbled a little bit too much in dangerous areas and turned the ball up there. And like you mentioned, there was that one, I think he turned it over where Purata had to make a sliding tackle to save it in or else he was in on goal. Um, so I think he just thought, you know, he's used to having a little bit more time on the ball. And like we mentioned, the Red Bulls just put a lot of pressure on you. So he didn't have as much time as he would like to to make that turn and push into space. He did it a few times, and obviously he had the, the shot that led to the goal. Um, so, you know, overall, you know, uh, not the great performance by him, but I think this is few and far between that we'll see games like this. And not every team is, the uh, you know, are play like the Red Bulls. So it is what, what it is. Um, but other players that, you know, I thought Ivara had a good game. I think he's he's been probably the big surprise this, this year. I think he's really, um, I think he's doing well because he's really just doing one job, and that's just to break up tackles, win balls, and then, you know, give the ball to somebody else. You're not asking him to create things. So that's good. I think that's that's where he's 
he excels. Um, um, everybody else, you know, I think Purata had a good game. Everybody else was kind of okay. Like we mentioned, a lot of a lot of bad giveaways from probably everybody on the team. Um, and then you talked about Brad Guzan. You know, he, that ball went back to him, and for some reason, instead of getting rid of it, he cuts it back. And the luckily, I mean, the player misses and takes him out, but pff, he could have been injured just by doing that. I mean, right. the the it, the the, the uh, pros don't outweigh the cons on that. How do you feel about Brad? Do you think I, I just feel like every week there's kind of onesies, twosies things, or maybe some keeper could have saved that? You're always kind of thinking that in every game you you kind of see him. Yeah, man, just like everything, you know, it's got to come to an end, right? And I just think, uh, you know, we got to start looking for that other keeper, you know. I think you can just tell, you know, it's a certain, certain, certain issues that we're having. But, I mean, I think he was solid. I mean, he, he had a good rating of a 7.2, but he does make us nervous, especially that one. I was like, I looked at Bryce, I'm like, what is he doing? Like, why? Like, I right. get that. I get that you got the foul. But like you said, he could have got injured and now we're in a bad position. Right. Or, you know, could have not fouled you and actually got the ball. And there goes we're tied one one. Um, so um, it's very inert. Um, certain things, like you said, you kind of question. You got to start scratching your head. Uh, but then again, you also, you know, then you start thinking like, man, like. Got to appreciate him while we have him, because who knows what we'll have after him. Right. Well, that's true. We saw when he was out how how we struggled at the keeper position. So you don't know that, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side. We could want a new uh, keeper and he ends up being, you know, worse. And there are intangibles that I think Brad brings to the table, too. Um, I think he's very vocal and he he gets uh, our defensive shape better. Um, I just think his decision making of late hasn't been too good. Sometimes when he comes out for balls in the corners, um, he either doesn't come out at the right time or he misses a punch. Um, you know, just a little, you know, a little certain things. Not like he's having awful games and he's having howlers. It's just little things that I've noticed that I probably don't, haven't seen Brad do in the past. Yeah, definitely. Something, you know, that, you know, once again, you know, we got to give him, you know, credit where it's due. He is coming off a bad injury as well. But, you know, it's, it's all due, like, the leadership that he brings. I, the one thing I do love about him, man, is one uh, the center backs, the forward, <laughs> uh, the forwards, the center back. Anybody does a great defensive play, like he's always there to like, be their number one cheerleader and pump them up, and it, how, it signifies how big that play really means to the game, right? Right, exactly. All right, man, let me get into these match stats really quick, and then we'll move on to um, the next game coming up in our match preview. So we had possession 59% to for to Atlanta compared to 41% Red Bulls. You know, that's that's normal. Obviously, the Red Bulls don't like playing with the ball. Uh, we, our expected goal is 1.50 to New York's 0.85. Adds up. Um, eight total shots for Atlanta United to New York Red Bulls' 15 shots. Um, that's not good. <laughs> Um, you know, we dominated the passing fouls. We each fouled each other 15 times, so a lot of fouls in the game. Um, and we mentioned the total shots, and 12 shots um, were actually in the box for the Red Bulls, um, and only two on target. So we mentioned this, that, um, you know, the, we, we turned over the ball a lot, a lot of times just trying to play out the back, and they got in really good spots. I honestly think that if they had better finishers like they did in the past with like Bradley Wright Phillips and those kinds of players, I really think 
they probably would have scored one on us or at least equalized. Um, but they just they have really lack quality in the attacking third. <laughs> they definitely man. <laughs> that was uh uh yeah, this is just a couple of times where you're kinda glad those guys hesitated to shoot, you know? Yeah, or when they do I think I said it's had a few ones where you just skied it into the gulch with the supporters groups. Um, and there was just like some chance where we're like, yeah, dude, if a better team with better finishers, and I, I think that, you know, they, they at least tie it up on us for sure. For sure. All right, Mijito, let's get into the match preview. We've got Atlanta United going to go play the New York Yankees. I mean, NYFC at Yankee Stadium Ooh. in the worst piece of crap stadium in the entire league, if not the entire world, for soccer. You don't like that view? That's my favorite. They gotta turn oh the my cameras God, like. Dude. Gotta turn the camera like seven times just to get a different angle. Dude, <laughs> my my high school soccer stadium is better than that. <laughs> uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, I hate that stadium. I hate playing there. Uh, I think that stadium it really stifles um, uh, players' uh, creativity. Um, movement on the wings uh all the creative play it goes out the window because you're playing right on top of each other i mean the 18 to the halfway field is like if you if bryce who's uh six foot six takes like three steps he's from the 18 to the half field already that's how tight it is um so it just if we got if we thought the new york red Bulls were gonna be on top of us the the nyfc is gonna be on top of us because it's just it's kind of like it reminds me of like bumblebee soccer when you watch little kids play sometimes <laughs> and they're just swarming around different directions and everything. Yeah, man, I I despise that field. I hate playing there. I never wish to go up there to watch a game there, even if I got free tickets. Um, <laughs> it's just bad, man. But you know, we um, you know we're facing an, another New York team. You know, a team that you know we fought back and forth. Um, you know, it's definitely here and there, as well as playoffs. You know, um, so how do you um, how do they match up, man? So, yeah, so New York FC, uh, they've got five wins, and there's four draws, and then Atlanta has four wins. Um, so, series is pretty tight. Um, so, and, you know, going, obviously, we, we talk about this a lot, you know, the uh, the away, going away in MLS, the home team just has a huge advantage. Um, so, that's how this series stack, uh, stacks up. Um, and then New York FC, they, uh, they tied 1-1 with New England away so they got a point away on the road so they're coming in in sixth place with eight points um and with our win last week we're in second place with 13 points um so you know there's a there's three points on the table it could be a big uh shift for either team whoever gets that um but again like i mentioned i hate that small stadium it really compacts the game um and i think it really it out of all the teams in mls i really do feel like it hinders us the most just because we have creative players and we use the width a lot. And that, you know, that postage stamp of a field is so freaking narrow. Very narrow, man. It's <laughs> uh, those long balls is going to be a lot of short passes. You know, that's something that we've uh, didn't look that great this past game. But know that we can manage to play those short balls in a short game because those long balls are definitely going to be pretty going to have to be pretty accurate. You know, because you don't have that much space to really let it ride or really run into right exactly um and some of the players to watch out for they have uh Dallas magno who's a brazilian forward striker i think he's got two goals on this season um you got santiago rodriguez who's the the guy from uruguay pulling the strings 
We all um, are familiar with James Sands that plays for the national team. Um, well, he did play for the national team back in the day. I don't think he's good enough to make it anymore. But uh, he, uh, he, you know, he's he's a solid player in MLS. And then Maxime Chanot, we remember him. He plays in the back. He's a he's a big guy. Uh, so that'll be fun for uh, Yakinakis to match up with. Uh, but let's talk about Atlanta United. Uh, players, do you see a whole lot of uh, changes to the lineup from this past weekend? Um, I, I mean, I think with, I think honestly, he keeps it the same. I don't think he moves Wiley, uh, even though I would love to see him higher up the pitch. But um, you really think he, he, if if Abram is good to go, I think he really puts him in there at left back. I mean, I know he's more of a center back, unless he tries to go with the three in the back, which I doubt. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I mentioned that, and I think just because we're playing away and it's, uh, uh, you know, we're playing the uh, NYFC uh, in that stadium, I think he's going to want to have more of a defensive mindset than an attacking mindset. So that's why I think there might be like Lu- Luis Abram back there um, instead of Caleb Wiley, and then have Caleb on the on the wing to stretch the game when we need to. Um, also, you know, I mentioned Rosetto came in in the 73rd minute. He was coming back from an injury. So if he's 90 fit, uh, ninety minute match fit ready, um, I think he'll come in for Sadich. Um, so I think that might be a potential lineup change. I haven't really heard anything on Gutman, so I'm, uh, I'm thinking he's most likely not going to play. Uh, other than that, I think everything stays the same. But the big question mark is what you said. Is it going to be Etienne or Abraham? Because he used, who do you use? He used Cho. Uh, Cho came in. Uh, Rosetto yeah, came in. And then Sosa. Uh, I think Sosa was more just to, you know, get some yeah. minutes off the off the, uh, off the the clock. Uh, I think Rosetto, I mean, I think he, you think he's ready to go ahead and start? Because, I mean, you can, you can kind of tell he's missing there. But I think Ibarra's has done a hell of a job. Um, you know, I think he's one of our our best underrated players right now at the moment, you know, um, yeah. you know, well, about it. About it wouldn't come out for Rosetto. No, no, I'm be, saying, uh, I'm saying Cedric, you think Cedric comes out? Yeah. And, uh, I'm just saying that if he's, he's done a lot of, what uh, Seto sometimes brings to the table, you know, working on that long ball, stuff like yeah, that. I know Rosetto has a better vision there. Yeah. I think if he's 90, 90 minute match fit ready, I think he, he gets to start. Cause uh, you know, I think just when you compare it to Sadich, I think Rosetto just has much more to offer, especially this year. And we saw in the game, he, he, he had that chance, but he also created another opportunity too. So, um, you know, immediately he had an impact. So we'll have to see if he's, if he's ready to go, but if not, you know, I see, you know, Sadich can still get the start and maybe Rosetto comes in the second half or comes in around the 60th minute. What about your favorite play, Chol? Chol, man, when is he gonna when is he gonna evolve to a Machoke and then Machamp? <laughs> I'm still waiting, bro. He got stuck in know. that involvement. <laughs> you know, it's funny when he, when he came in, I thought he was really gonna come in for Gigi because in the preseason we used him a lot at uh, forward, right? And you know, last year he played on on the wing, sometimes fullback, sometimes a winger. Um, so I think we're still trying to figure out where to put him. And I, I just, I don't know. It's, it's, it, he doesn't ever play bad, but he doesn't really play good. Um, and we've had limited minutes to see him. So, um, you know, I really don't know what to make of him. 
Yeah, man. It's like you still got to try and find his own. I think we, you know, like when you see somebody coming in, you can kind of, oh, yeah, he's coming in for Cedric. Or when Cho comes up, it's like, all right, where <laughs> where is he going? Is he going out wing? Is he going up top? Like, what, what, what <laughs> right. are we doing? Um, I mean, you know, just, you know, it's a long season. We still got, you know, we'll find out who our U.S. Open Cup um, opponent is going to be this week because I know they're finishing up those final rounds. Um, so I think he's going to get a lot more minutes there to kind of figure out you know where he you know he fits best for us coming off the bench right right agreed agreed so with that said mijo as always what is your prediction for this match this one going up to new york and i've been off well i said what i say three one last time and one zero. <laughs> yeah, I expected more goals, and they didn't really go to this. What did I say? Did I say one zero or one one? I think you said one one, one one or zero zero. I think I yeah, I think I said it was gonna be tied, but I was like, I could see Atlanta pulling a one zero, but so I was closer uh, than you. But I still Atlanta. have yet to be right this year, so <laughs> I, I'm gonna go with two one Atlanta United. All right, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say two one, but uh, I think I think NYFC takes it. I just uh, hate that stadium. I know I hate it too. Uh, obviously, I always want Atlanta United to win, but we know we don't win all the games this season. So I'm doing the best guess that I think, and I just I hate that stadium with a passion. I feel like there that's what you send if you want to watch beautiful soccer die because it's it's a crap game of balls just pinging back and forth. It's it's terrible. And MLS needs to do something about it, but they won't because it's all about the money. It's all about the money, honey. Money, money, money. All right, so that's our, our match preview. Uh, just a few news and notes um, happening around the league. Um, Atlanta United 2 also played against New York Red Bulls 2, so both teams played. They tied 1-1 in Kennesaw, uh, but the new uh, MLS Next Pro uh, League that they play in the new set the new rules are that if you tie you go to a shootout but the team that wins a shootout gets two points and the team you know that loses gets just a one point for a draw so you know normally you win a game you get three points if you tie it's one so that's a change and i wonder if that's ever gonna you know uh they're gonna try to if they're testing it out for mls i i really hope they don't do that because um, I really don't think you need to have shootouts that often because you just in the nature of soccer you, you just end up having a lot of draws but draws aren't a bad thing because if usually if you draw away from home it's like you know you you got you got something you, it's a loss for the yeah it's a loss for the home team and you know PK shootout does not really happen that often so it, I don't think it's a good value for the players to get comfortable taking shootouts like that, you know? I don't know if you feel differently about that, Abner. I agree there with you. I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> yeah, not a fan I, always, I always hated shootouts too. What about, did you Did you uh, pull up to the moment when it was your turn? I mean, to be honest, not to, you know, toot my own horn, but I was, oh, here you know, we go. five for five when it came to PK, so. You had, you know, you had ice in your veins? Ice in my veins, baby. I, I always looked right and I always shot left. Really? Was, oh, dude. Now, now I, always, I know if we ever play soccer again. Yeah, and I always get the goalies $20, too. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> All right. St. Louis, finally, they lose their first game after winning their first five. Welcome to the MLS. So, <laughs> welcome, finally. I mean, they're still Please. at the top of the West, but they lost 1-0 in Minnesota. And honestly, uh, if it wasn't for a, a dumb defender laying out a Minnesota player giving him a PK in the 80th minute, 
Um, you know, they, they probably draw that game. Uh, but either way, they lose. So they're finally every every team in uh, Major League Soccer, they've at least drawn or lost. So no, there's no uh, team that's just won all their games. So that's good. You know, I don't, not that I root against St. Louis. It's just, I don't want anybody to ever steal like our recent thunder from being like the expansion team right. that kind of just, you know, went bananas. But LAFC's kind of taken that a little bit, but we won ours in our second year. They won theirs in their third year. So we got them beat by a year, right? right exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, also got CCL this week. Um, so a few MLS teams. Philly just played Atlas from Mexico today. They won 1-0 at home. Oh, nice. Uh, That's they, got, they got It's a good win, but uh, Atlas was down uh, to 10 men mm. for, you know, for like probably 50, 55 minutes of the match. Uh, and again, going to Mexico for MLS teams, always very difficult. We don't have a good track record when we go down south. Um, so 1-0, it might be enough, it might not. We'll have to see. And then we've got Vancouver versus LAFC. So we're guaranteed an MLS team in the in the semifinals because right now we're in the quarterfinals of eight teams. Um, the other games are, don't involve MLS teams, so I don't really care that much. Um, but as always, we always get down to the Mexico Liga MX first MLS, which is probably going to end up in the final, like always. Um, and then one interesting thing I wanted to talk to you about, Abner, is uh, there was a report or post, or it was all over the internet, but they released the most valuable leagues in the world. Um, and what would you guess MLS was? If you hadn't already seen this, because I know you probably already saw it. MLS? Honestly, yeah. I was going to say the outside the top 10. I was I'm a, I was gonna say I would say they're in the top ten if if I had to just guess I don't know what number I would say uh, you know someone Lauren but they are ranked number nine <laughs> at one point eighteen billion dollars um, so that's uh it's crazy how far we've come and that's good that means soccer is alive and well in America even though a lot of people don't want it to <laughs> sometimes <laughs> um, but really quick I'm gonna start from the bottom so that Eddie Eddie from the Netherlands, Eredivisie. Uh, it's better if I say it in English instead of trying to say it in Spanish. <laughs> Eredivisie from uh, Netherlands, they're at 1.12 billion. Mentioned MLS at nine with 1.18 billion. Uh, Liga Portugal, 1.23 billion. Seventh is Serie A with 1.34 billion, which is kind of crazy. And in sixth place is the actual, the championship, which is a second division in England at 1.4 billion. League 1 in fifth place is the French League at 3.57 billion. Fourth, the Bundesliga at 4.33 billion. Three is Serie uh, Oh, there's two Serie A's. Oh, sorry. So the Serie A 3 is Italian, which is 4.63 uh, billion. Um, what, other, what other league is Serie A? Would it be the Brazilian League? Uh, maybe that's it. I just think that would call, that, that wouldn't be called that. Uh, uh, I can't find out. Let me see. Here. Find out something new every uh, Brazil. Every day. Oh, okay. It is Brazil. Why the heck uh, do they call it that? CDAA or A. They're probably copying it, Italy. And then number two, La Liga, 4.78 billion. And then number one, of course, the Premier League at 10.4 billion. Jeez. Which is twice as much as this number two. <laughs> so, Premier League dominates think all of us do that yeah. um but i mean it's, it's pretty cool that you know mls is still up there top 10 and I, you know i think we're gonna move up that list and in the years to come 
I mean, yeah, it's up there, man. We're we're slowly but surely uh, climbing, and moves like, you know, um, just because I, you know, I know they happen here, and I'm sure they happen in other MLS, but um, you know, like Amiron and then Almada now, you know, players come in here, join the quality, and then you know, getting, you know, we're right now a good stepping stone to get to Europe, right? Um, so a lot of players are looking to come to the MLS. I hope it continues that way because I hate when it becomes a retirement home here. Uh, for the yeah. ex- exception of few players, that you, you can bring them over here, and I'm sure everybody in the world would, wouldn't mind, like the likes of Messi or Ronaldo. Um, I'm pretty sure everybody would love to see them here. Right, yeah. But, yeah, and you don't, you don't see that that often anymore. I mean, we saw Zlatan come here and – light it up but i mean people you know even after he left mls people were still wanting him to play and he he's freaking suited up for sweden i think he was the oldest player to uh play in uh a euro qualifier um so a lot of the players that do come that are older they still have a lot to give and they're still wanted um you know around the world and obviously ronaldo and messi Big messy. I saw <laughs> that the same club that ronaldo plays for the saudi arabian are offering him Four hundred and forty million dollars a year. Crazy. I don't know how. I don't know how MLS or Inter Miami are going to compete with that unless they're like, look, if you you get fifty percent of the club, <laughs> like that's the only thing you can do. How can you compete with oil money? That's crazy. I don't understand that. Yeah, that's crazy. But anyways, Mijo, that's all we got. Um, excited. Uh, are you gonna are you be, gonna be going to the game? Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, hey, I, I got a first class flight. Um, I'm gonna be sitting next to Canada <laughs> and uh, Gigi. Um, you know, I'm gonna. Hey, let's just sneak on. Let's just sneak on the the plane or the bus. Yeah, man. I can. You know, I'll carry somebody's bag. <laughs> yeah. let's go Atlanta United I still want us to win um, anything you want to say before we sign off oh man you know let's get back on this you know winning ways we had a good tough match a good test um, it's gonna be another test like David said you know the you got the field you got the players you got the history behind between us uh, New York and us so um, now nah, let's go up there let's continue to win let's continue to play how we play you know let's continue our identity which is one thing I do like that we're not stepping away um, and, you know, let's go get those three points, baby. Yeah, I'll still be happy with the draw. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, man. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you all next week. Let's go ATL. Peace, vamos, y'all. Vamos. Vamos. Peace, everybody. <laughs> Later. <laughs>